You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Hello, welcome back. Delighted to be with you. It's episode 88 of Grow Yourself Up. And today we're going to be talking more about needs and building on earlier episodes. First of all, I wanted to just say that I'm going to be answering more listener questions and letters. And uh, the first one I'm going to focus on is a question I got a while ago, actually, about guilt and shame and how to deal with the guilt and the shame you might feel if, particularly in your early parenting journey, you parented in a way that you now realize wasn't helpful or you were kind of so overwhelmed that you um, did things again that you don't think were very helpful. Because many of us don't know that we need to heal in parenting until we get sort of further into the parenting journey. So that's going to be next week. I'm going to be focusing on talking about how can we kind of soothe ourselves and what to do with all the guilt and shame that we may feel. And I want to invite you to write to me. Let me know, send me a letter, let me know something that you'd like me to focus on, um, something to talk about. There's more coming up on uh, mother-in-laws and on um, menopause and perimenopause, which are some of the other things that people have asked about. Um, so those are episodes to come. But write to me and um, I'll probably read out some of the letters. Certainly the 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 letter, I mean, the episode next week about guilt and shame, I'll read out um, the question that I received. And um, you can send that to Kath at kathcunahan.com. So email me at kath at kathcunahan.com. Or you can just do a contact um, like form on my website, which is kathcunahan.com. Okay, let's dive into episode 88 and talk more about um, needs and how we can kind of practice at meeting those. So I consider uh, that being in touch with our own needs and being able to acknowledge them, um, be aware of them, uh, advocate for them, and really prioritize getting them met is 
like an absolutely core part of recovery from um, any trauma, from not getting our needs met in childhood, from the behavior patterns that typically arise in a dysfunctional family. Because so often in a dysfunctional family, we as children are used as kind of the vehicles for our parents getting their needs met. So we become needless and wantless. So kind of coming into a um, a full version of ourselves and really growing ourselves up at the core of that is understanding what we need in all different spheres. So physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, in a whole, in a socially, um, you know, there's a whole kind of um, uh, range of needs. And we often start off with prioritizing meeting our physical needs, becoming aware of them. Um, and then we become aware of what our needs and friendship are. I mean, it, this all happens in a different order. We become aware of what relationships we'd like to have in our lives, what we would actually, how we would like to spend our days. But because meeting our needs is such a huge project, it can sometimes feel really, really, really overwhelming. Like we don't even know where to start. And also it's really one of those things that's a process. It's, you know, you might identify, oh, okay, um, I need more sleep or I need more exercise, but trying to figure out how to actually do that, how to fit it in, what exercise is best, when can you go to bed? Like those sound like really simple questions, but, um, and, and those two are quite sort of simple items. Like we all know we need more sleep and we all know we need exercise, but trying to kind of actually fit it into our life and figure out how it's going to work for us can be really, really complex and have multiple other patterns um, also interacting with that. And often I sit with clients and we know, we speak about needs and we know that needs are important, but there are quite a lot of things that can block our access to understanding what our needs are and to really um, acknowledging them and actually allowing them. One of the big blocks is that many of us dissociated a lot of the way through our childhood so we disconnected from our bodies and we occupied ourselves in our minds um, because that was how we survived in childhood dissociation is a brilliant coping strategy. And so in order to meet, um, say, our physical needs or to notice when we're uncomfortable in a situation, we have to stitch the linkages back together. So we have to reconnect to our body to notice what our body is telling us. You know, when we've talked about um, nervous system um, science, and if we consider polyvagal theory, an absolutely core part of that is what Stephen Porges named neuroception. So our neuroception is that ability that we have where our nervous system is always picking up out of our conscious awareness signs of um, safety, unsafety, and danger. And we make adjustments, our like our nervous system makes adjustments in terms of our reactions based on those signals that we pick up. And some of us have interoception. Sorry, so interoception is is um, one of the aspects of neuroception. Interoception is what um, is, is picking up signals from our body. So it's in the internal information flow. And the exteroception is what's going on in the relationships around us and picking up um, information from those and then in the wider world. But many of us 
have either overactive interoception or we've blunted the interoception because we don't, we haven't, it hasn't been safe to listen to our bodily signals because we've had to disconnect. So we, we have to work to, to start to notice our sensations, to kind of re-listen. It's a process of retuning back into ourselves. And so you might notice, oh, I'm not really that clued up on what's going on in my own body. Or sometimes when we're very hypervigilant and anxious, we're like overly clued into what's going on in our body. And so we have to kind of um, tune in and and fine-tune and um, right-size our interoception, if that makes sense, so that we don't overreact or underreact. And this is all... You know, this is, this is years. This is not like a hop, skip and a jump and bam, we've done. Um, it, it takes, um, a lot of practice, a lot of different iterations. And I really want to kind of de-shame the process of learning to meet our needs. Um, because, because of how long it can take. And I'm joining you in this. Don't think that I'm sitting here, um, like, like knowing all the time what all my needs are. I also learn new things all the time and notice, okay, wow, look, I was abandoning myself in that situation. That's not very helpful. What was going on there? And um, so for for some of you, the the kind of really starting to pay attention to bodily signals, noticing if they cause you to overreact notice if you are completely kind of disconnected um, and starting to work through that you know by being in therapy and by doing body work to kind of do those reconnections what I said about knitting together we want to ideally be um, having the, the information that's communicated from our body so via the vagus nerve to us so that we can go oh okay this 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 is what my body is telling me so let me take this sort of action yeah, so for many of us, the process can be slowed by the fact that we um, we don't have much self-connection, so we have to build that self-connection in order to understand what our really specific needs are. And also, secondly, we often don't know what is allowed. Now, I'm saying allowed in inverted commas, but we consider only small things for ourselves because perhaps in our childhood, we've been denied um, joy or beauty or we learned that it was safe to play small, or we learned that we can only have a certain amount of like joy or um, too much happiness is not allowed or too much money is not allowed. or We just basically might have conditioning around what is allowed. And so we really have to learn by looking at others, by trying to tap into what it is that makes our own soul sing so that we can allow that for ourselves. You know, to really think, you know, if you work in a job that – maybe very high paying or or you look very outly successful, but actually like it's eating your soul from the inside. But that is the type of job that your family said you had to get. You may not know that you're allowed to change that, that you're allowed to refocus or um, pivot into something else. I want to offer you a saying. There's, um, there's a Danish philosopher, or he was a philosopher and a social critic and a poet, I think, Soren Kierkegaard, and he's got a really beautiful saying that I think is really helpful when we are considering our needs. And I'm going to read it to you. So he said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. 
So I'm going to say it again. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And I think that's such a beautiful analogy for needs because often we live something forward and then afterwards we're like, oh my word, that was like catastrophic in some way or like I totally abandoned myself or um, why did I not drink enough water or how come I agreed to like another dinner three nights in a row and I'm so exhausted or how come I agreed to that work project or how come I said yes to hosting that party or whatever we've done. And we only realize after the fact that it really did not work for us. And I really want to give you some comfort around that because that's how we learn. We, we have to kind of notice, oh, wow, that was, that really didn't work. And so you can really apply this to your needs. You can kind of think, okay, I'm going to do my best starting off by trying to meet my needs, like and starting with some basic physical needs, considering, um, what relationships I might want in my life, like what my work is. What, my, what I would like my days to look like. But especially when you are sort of expanding your life and starting to experiment with doing um, new things. So maybe you're doing little things to widen your window of tolerance and um, having little experiments and going on bigger outings with your kids or something. Um, when you try those things, sometimes they're fantastic and sometimes they don't go so well. And when they don't go so well, we can sometimes have a tendency to think, okay, fine, well, then I better just stay at home forever because it was all a catastrophic disaster. And actually, I want to say, no, that's a that's an opportunity. That's a massive learning opportunity to look at, okay, what were my needs in that situation? I often think to myself, um, I say to my husband, actually, sometimes, I think we're better second time around people. <laughs> sometimes when I go places, I'm like, oh, my word, why did we do this? Um, this is this is too difficult or um, I didn't know what it was going to be like or something. And I noticed that I often actually want to go somewhere before I go with my girls so that I know the lay of the land and I feel like I can better tend to my needs um, in that space. And that's also connected to anxiety. But um, we went on a glamping trip sometime, I don't know, I can't remember last year. And it, it was on a farm and it had like a hot tub next to it. And I thought, oh, that would be nice. And it was in the winter. But the actual space was like really tiny, really, really tiny. And you had to like move one of the beds around to make the table. And it was like real palaver. And I'm very sensitive to a lot of electricity. And the Wi-Fi thing was like right above our bed. So the first night, I literally could not sleep. I felt like I was being, like I had like electricity coursing through my body. And the space constraints really got to me, actually. I felt very kind of crowded. It resulted in like the one bedtime was just like I shouted a lot basically because I felt really overwhelmed. And I really kind of regretted that. And I um I noticed how I'd had had have I had had different expectations of what it would be like. And I had thought that my children would be kind of happy with the grass area around where we were staying, but but that we had to do sort of more different things and there were, there wasn't an easy place for them to ride their bikes. So there was a lot of different factors to take into account. And I could go down a road of really beating up on myself or I could think, okay, well, next time I know uh, better how to meet my needs in those situations. And when we're trying to widen our window of tolerance, we have to do these things to experiment with and to soothe ourselves, like to, to, to be with ourselves through our discomfort. So I always think, okay, I'm a better second time around people person. So the next time, if we go back to that glamping place, I'll know the lay of the land and I'll be better able to manage 
myself and and to kind of put things in place to support my daughters. And so, yeah, this is, I kind of, I wanted to share this with you. We're going into the summer holidays. It's kind of June in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, it's June everywhere, actually, but it's going into summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And it can feel so frustrating, especially if you're a perfectionist and you are an overworker. It can feel really frustrating when you turn yourself to like a healing or a recovery project because you look at yourself and you think, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to like nail this and I'm going to get it done quickly. And the reality is this is not quick work because we've often got such a strong inner critic. It can be really difficult to tolerate the learning process of learning to meet your needs and the imperfect way that that happens. And I really want to say to you, that's to be expected. Go gently with yourself about this. Keep in mind that Kierkegaard quote that often you'll only learn after the fact what your needs in a situation were, which then gives you good information for other situations like that. And it gives you good information about, you know, if you can start tracking some of the body sensations you felt in a particular outing or in a something, whatever you experienced, and noticing even if you can um, like reverse engineer, okay, so I think, you know, if you had to drink two liters of water at the end of it, you could imagine that maybe during that time, your body was trying to say, oh, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, but you might have disconnected from that. So you can really start to um, track things on a, on a, on a very um, kind of minute level, because that's how change happens in those small moments where you notice, wow, I'm starting to feel really triggered. What can I do to support myself now so that I still have choice about my behavior? And thirst is actually a huge thing for many of us. And because we're so disconnected, we often don't drink enough. And also going to the loo is often a huge thing that people put it off, put it off, put it off because they're so disconnected. So going to the bathroom. So um, really notice these small things. Try and tune yourself into bit more about your experience. Notice when you're suddenly absolutely ravenous, what was going on before that? Had there been some signals from your body around hunger that you had ignored? Notice if you get a headache. Notice if that's related to your hydration or was there too much sensory overload? And also, one other thing to say is that sometimes when we start to meet our needs, um, we might be like a very blunt instrument about it. So, we swing quite wildly sometimes one way when we start meeting our needs and um, maybe not uh, we're not very finessed in, in, in terms of the way we communicate them and we're very uh, inflexible sometimes. And that's also part of it because it's a, it's a pendulum string in terms of if, you, if, you've, if you've been self-abandoning because that was what happened in your family for so long, then you're going to go to a place where you try and get everything right for a while and at, perhaps at the expense of others. And then you come back to a place of um, somewhere in the middle where you can compromise around your needs, say, with your partner or you can um, negotiate around needs. But that's also that finesse comes uh, in time. So please really um, notice that uh, you might have to like really deepen into your own awareness about what your body's telling you, and that takes a lot of practice. That we often don't know what is allowed. So you know when you're really trying to bring beauty into your life and joy, look around and and kind of really know that you might have had limiting 
things imposed on you in childhood, so sort of self-limiting beliefs or self-limiting um, thoughts about what what you're allowed in your life, and that that's actually not true, and that it's a, this is like a messy process where there's going to be um, times when you spectacularly don't meet your needs. And then there'll be times when you get better at it. I'm in a in another cycle of learning around my own needs and around working and my family. And, you know, there's ongoing um, healing is a spiral journey. It's not like a linear need journey. So please um, try and focus on yourself this week in terms of um, the minutia of how you live your life and where can you tend to yourself more. been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.